Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 30 trillion. 30 trillion. Is that even a real number? Treasury Department says the national debt hit 30 trillion yesterday for the first time ever. Uh, but like I say, is that a real number? How do we get there? What does it really mean? And what are the other bills Washington is racking up that every American is going to be on the hook for? And what is it that's going to change the trajectory of the debt? And what happens if we don't? Let's get beyond the headlines. Time to begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, whenever we need to crunch the numbers and figure out where we really are, we always go to the ultimate inside source on these things. Brian Riedel, he's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, focusing on budget, tax, and economic policy. Previously, he worked for six years as chief economist to Senator Rob Portman from Ohio and was the lead architect of Mitt Romney's deficit reduction plan when he ran for president in 2012. And Brian joins joins us on the line. Uh, This is not a day we should celebrate. Uh, I'm taking it, Brian. Uh, that's correct. You know, it, the debt keeps getting higher, and it, it's not affecting us right now uh, very much. But at a certain point, uh, gravity will hit, and you're going to have to see much higher taxes or significant spending cuts. So it does matter. Yeah, and so let's let's break that down just a little bit. Uh, we, the number itself is just enormous. Uh, some estimates are what it's almost ninety thousand per citizen in in the country uh, that that's a lot that we're all uh, being born into this world with to, to cover uh, but you talk about those interest rates and those interest payments describe to us how that can become a bigger problem than what we're currently doing which is just kind of you know servicing the interest on the debt yeah the, the one of the big dangers of, of the debt is that we have to pay the interest on it every year the government has to pay interest on it and that costs taxes and a lot of people say, well, interest rates are low right now, so doesn't that mean we can just keep borrowing if we're only paying a low interest rate? The danger with that thought is the government doesn't lock in 30-year rates like you do when you're buying a house. They rely on short-term borrowing with adjustable interest rates, which means that if interest rates ever rise at any point ever in the future, the whole debt rolls over into the higher interest rate. Now, what that means is, is really scary. Um, if the interest rates, let's say, rise 1% higher than projected by the Congressional Budget Office, that alone would add $30 trillion in interest costs over 30 years. Because when you're borrowing that much, it only takes a small change in the interest rate. If interest rates rise two points, it adds $65 trillion over 30 years. Uh, to put that in context, you know, that, that, that's multiple times the size of the Social Security shortfall. It's multiple times the size of the Defense Department, just if interest rates rise one or two points. And so as you, as you look at that, and again, I think we all have to kind of wrap our heads around that. And I think from 
the individual perspective, you know, if you if you're cruising along and you you've accrued some debt and you're you're paying a nice low uh, variable interest rate on that and you're managing that and and if it goes up, then suddenly you're paying more in interest. Uh, and as you mentioned, when it comes to these kinds of numbers, even just a, a small tick up, uh, not a big spike, just a tick up towards maybe some historic averages. Uh, there's there's no uh, there's no tax increase. Uh, there's no budget cut that could really deal with it at that point. That's exactly that's exactly the case. I mean, the, the amounts are, are so staggering that it's, it's hard to imagine. I mean, uh, under under baseline interest rates. Um, eventually interest will consume half of all tax revenues. And again, if, if they rise by one point, interest will consume 70% of all tax revenues. And if you try to raise taxes by that much, uh, you know, you're looking at things like you know, adding a, a, a 5 to 7% national sales tax for each point interest rates rise, you know, <laughs> or, or having to eliminate you know, 10, or 10 to 20% of federal spending to accommodate each point that interest rates rise. And at that point, you're talking about Social Security and Medicare benefits being reduced. It's really kind of unsustainable. And that's why, you know, the best solution is not to run up the debt in the first place and put ourselves in in danger of higher interest rates. Yeah. And I want to go back to that. I just want to stay with that part of the question Mm -hmm. for a second. When you you talk about if 70, let's just say, let's just go the low number, let's say 50%. If suddenly 15% of the tax revenue that comes in is going just to pay the interest on the debt, uh, mm-hmm. help us wrap our head around what does that mean if suddenly half of all tax revenues is going to interest, what does that leave us left in terms of running the government or providing critical services? Yeah, I mean, according to this, this is just this is not my numbers. This is straight out of the Congressional Budget Office. At that point, uh, the national debt would be twice the size of the economy. The deficit in today's dollars would be about five trillion dollars a year. Now, generally, that's unsustainable. You can't run deficits that are in today's dollars five trillion dollars a year. Wall Street, the bond market is is, is not going to lend us money like that. So then, what ends up happening is you have to drastically cut back spending or raise taxes. And by my estimate, just in the baseline scenario, um, you would have to either raise the payroll tax from 15% to 33% or create a 30% national sales tax or make massive reductions in Social Security and Medicare benefits and Medicaid to current beneficiaries. Just under the baseline scenario, that's even before interest rates uh, uh, rise over that. Wow. Uh, And it just seems that even with all of that, and it seems pretty straightforward, I think most people can wrap their heads around that sitting at the Mm -hmm. kitchen table because most of us deal with that every day. Uh, And yet it doesn't seem like there is appetite really on either side of the aisle. Uh, Senator Ben Sass, a Republican from Nebraska, friend of the show, uh, he talked about it and said, look, nobody cares. The the politicians in Washington just don't seem to care about this or we would be behaving very different. Is there any path? Is there any voice? Is there anyone uh, who can really lead this uh, in a way to produce different outcomes? Almost nobody cares right now. I mean, there's a few senators who talk about it. Senator Romney talks about, talks about this issue. Senator Sass um, there's a few members of the House, but most lawmakers say, well, if it's, not, if it's not hurting us now, who cares? But again, it's the commitments now and the decisions now that are going to burn us at a certain point down the road. And that's when, at that point, it's going to be too late to turn the car around. At that point, 
you know, when all the Social Security and Medicare benefits for retirees are already locked in and the national debt is already high and then interest rates are rising, people are going to wish that we had made smarter decisions and gradually phased in reform starting today rather than having to do something drastic uh, a few years down the road. But lawmakers are focused on the next election, and if if the voters don't care, they don't care either. Um, but I think, again, in a few years, we're going to look back on this era and say, wow, if only, if only we had taken care of things. Yeah, and I, I think that is uh... – it may be the ultimate example of taxation without rep- representation, uh, because many of those who are going to have to pay this bill uh, haven't even been born yet. And uh, in a lot of those cases, uh, their parents haven't even met yet. And uh, they're ultimately going to be on the hook for this in the end. Exactly. I mean, there, it, it, it's future taxes that are going to be going through the roof to pay the interest on this. And again, you know, t- tell, tell these kids being born today, half of the taxes you pay or more are going to be paying the interest on decisions that were made before you were born. Uh, It's actually infuriating, and I think future generations are going to feel really betrayed. There are good reasons to go into debt temporarily, a war, major infrastructure. But right now, we're we're just going into debt for the regular operations, regular cash benefits to people. Uh, nothing temporary. This isn't an investment that's going to pay off for the next generation. It's just transfer payments to ourselves at their expense. Yeah. Brian Riedel is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, uh, focusing on budget tax and economic policy. Brian, always appreciate your help in helping us uh, break down the numbers and what they actually mean. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. So just imagine a future, one of your children or grandchildren, they're going to pay very high taxes. And they're going to be told, well, the first half of everything you pay, you don't get any benefit out of. Zero. It's just going to interest. Uh, Again, interest never sleeps. It never rests. It never takes a day off. And we've got to get some leadership to really begin to think again and think differently about our debt and deficit spending. uh, Or we will pay for it and our children and our children's children will be inflicted by it. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.